Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast More Than Medical Students, the podcast that brings forward inspiring medical students and shares their journeys, the exciting projects they're part of and how this can also inspire you. My name is Marianne and I'm the host and creator of this podcast. You may know me from my Instagram page called Marianne Does Medicine where I share my day-to-day -day life as a medical student as well as tips for other students. We are medical students but we are all so much more than that. Join me in this podcast to celebrate our diversity, our uniqueness, and what really makes us, us. Hello everyone, and welcome to this new episode of More Than Medical Students. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Monica. Uh, Monica, thanks for joining us. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone who's listening? Yeah, thank you, Marianne. Hi, I'm Monica. I'm very excited to be on today's episode. I hope you guys get a lot out of it. Great. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and also your journey in getting into medical school? I know you're a fourth year medical student and you're in Australia, so we're going to have lots to talk about as well. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I guess my, as you said, I'm a fourth year and final year medical student um, studying at the University of Notre Dame in Australia. So that's based in Sydney, but in the moment, at the moment I'm in Victoria to do my final year. In Australia, you can do like an undergraduate pathway or postgraduate pathway into medicine. So I've obviously done the postgraduate pathway, meaning I did a degree beforehand, which was in diagnostic radiography. Once I completed my undergraduate degree, I went straight into medicine. I think there was a point of time in radiography where I realized I didn't want to be the one to just x-ray and send them off on their merry way. I wanted to be a little bit more involved and be more part of the treating side of things. So yeah, that's been my journey into medicine. Great. That's super interesting. So how long is the radiography training? So it's like, you know, full degree that you didn't, you can just get a job afterwards, isn't it? Yeah, so it's um, four years out of high school and it's worked out really, really well for me because obviously when I when I finished high school, I was adamant I was going to be a radiographer. I really loved like x-rays and, um, you know, radiology side of things. So I was a bit surprised when halfway through <laughs> I changed my mind, but it's enabled me to get like a professional job during medical school, um, which obviously pays the bills fairly well. Um, and I'm able to just do um, one shift a weekend or every one shift a fortnight in order to yeah meet all my cost of living requirements so it's worked out really really well and the job is it's incredibly rewarding it's a super fun job to have during medical school and I obviously see I get a lot of exposure on my job um, as well which is great yeah that's awesome and you definitely get like you know you can see the other side as well from the treatment of patients because I think sometimes as doctors, you just order the x-ray and you expect all the scan, you expect for it to happen and you don't know everything that goes on behind it. So it's quite interesting to have a bit of that, a different perspective as well. Um, that's awesome. And I think you touched a bit on this already, but when, when did you start realizing that maybe you wanted to do more and started to think about medicine? And then when did you apply to med school as well? Um, because it was a four-year degree, I had the option of, of sitting the GAMSAT to get into medicine in my final year in the March 
or in my third year in the September if I wanted to get onto medicine like the next year straight away. So I decided to sit it in my third year in September just thinking that I wouldn't get the mark I needed and I'd have to redo it in March, which thankfully didn't end up being the case. And I think when I started placement in radiography, there were a few patients that I had just really reinforced to me that I wasn't satisfied with radiography in terms of the patient interaction that I was able to achieve um, in that job. You know, there's a few patients where I saw brain bleeds or cancers or even just fractures and I wouldn't know what happened to the patient afterwards and that was really like unsettling for me, it was really difficult to deal with. So that's when I started to think, oh maybe I should try for medicine and I don't I don't think a lot of people go for medicine and think, oh I'm going to get there and I'm actually going to become a doctor. So for me it was very much just like a dream, like oh maybe I'll just try and just see what happens and yeah, I think I'm so grateful I took that leap of faith because otherwise I wouldn't be here today and I'm very, very happy where I am right now. Great, that's that's awesome. And um, do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, sitting the GAMSAT and doing all the other kind of like application things while you're still at uni? Because I imagine, you know, last year of undergrad is still quite busy, so you're trying to manage both things. How, how did you find that? Yeah, it is um, super chaotic. <laughs> um, and I'm really glad it's behind me. I guess the biggest thing is to know your priorities and just know how to t manage your time the best way. I think in terms of like in Australia, like obviously this is Australian specific, I don't really know what goes on elsewhere, but um, for the postgraduate, we have like a whole GEMSAS application and a lot of the universities will require you to fill out a, a portfolio or write like a letter uh, of interest um, as to why you want to go into medicine and obviously you want to like be able to sit down at the time where you're actually in the mood to do that and it's really hard obviously when you're doing a full-time degree in radiography in our last two years we're basically working full-time while also doing a full-time course load so that in itself is very very busy so once I decided I wanted to do medicine I started studying GAMSAT so I started studying for my second year so it took a whole year to study but when I say a whole year, it wasn't like intense studying. It was, you know, I did 10 questions here and there throughout the week and I did an essay here and there throughout the week. Um, so I really took my time because I knew that I just didn't have the time to do a big block of studying towards the exam. Um, and like we had, I was in honours um, stream as well. So I had a big research project to do, which I completed after my second year, even though it wasn't due until fourth year, because I just knew that if the third year I was going to be studying for GAMSAT and applying for medicine, then um, it was going to be really, really like difficult for me. So I guess you just got to real like be able to just sit down and think about your priorities and think about what tasks you have and divide them into like finite tasks that have like a def deadline and then infinite tasks, which you can just keep editing and working on, which will obviously be done towards the end of the day or yeah, so I, those are my tips, but it's definitely not easy and everybody's got their own, like, I was working as well, so everyone has their own busy lives, I guess we just do the best that we can, and I think definitely doing the exam earlier worked in my favour because workload just accrues, you know what I mean, so <laughs> get it done early and get it out of the way, yeah. That makes sense, yeah, that's some really good tips, I feel like you said time management and planning ahead you know you said you knew you wouldn't have that much time because you were applying so you just planned ahead so that's quite good great 
Awesome. And how, how was it starting medical school? Like, how was the first year and the second year and everything? Well, first year, um, six weeks into it, we had like full-blown COVID in Australia. So we went straight into lockdown. Yeah, we went straight into like online university, which wasn't the best experience because I think every medical student will agree the best aspect of medicine is, you know, that interaction with your students with like your peers doing more clinical skill-based um things so it was really hard to just sit on zoom like you know six to eight hours a day and just yeah and just study basically like we couldn't even go out and enjoy ourselves so um the first two years they went very quickly but they weren't the most engaging years and then you know going into second year it was just you know the university was trying to figure out how to balance, you know, how to get us clinical exposure because we're going to go into the hospitals in third year whilst also respecting all the guidelines and all the, um, I guess, restrictions put in place in Sydney. But in saying that, again, I'm glad that I did radiography as, as a background because I had a good anatomy knowledge. Obviously knew radiological things, which was really, really easy because I think a lot of medical students do struggle with, you know, getting their heads around x-rays and CTs. So that made my life very easy. And then I had that patient interaction before coming into medical school. So I, I was already comfortable with, you know, interacting with patients. So it wasn't really overwhelming for me to go into third year without having a lot of clinical exposure. Yeah, so I guess the first two years were very didactic and very theory-based and less clinical-based um, just because of the nature of COVID. Um, but we got there in the end. And obviously, you need to have a good foundational knowledge in order to survive your clinical years. So I think that, yeah, we're definitely able to build that in our first two years being on Zoom all day. Yeah, honestly, it's, yeah, with all the COVID things, it was really, you know, difficult as well for us to see in the older years because we knew that the first and second years um, in med school were not getting the same experience that we had. And that felt really you know really unfair so it's uh, well done for you guys getting through that and uh, hopefully you guys can get more of the clinical aspects and also the social aspects of being at uni now hopefully yeah do you want to tell a little bit for the people who are not from Australia how medical school is kind of organized in Australia so do you have the two preclinical years and then the two clinical years is that how it's organized yeah, well, that's how it's organised. Typically, every university is still different, I think. Mm. Um, but typically for postgraduate degree uh, pathway, the first two years are generally um, preclinical and then the last two years are clinical years. And I think it's similar in an undergraduate pathway, except the, the degree is about five to six years instead of four years. Yeah, but they, I think they still do a set of preclinical years and a set of postclinical um yeah clinical years yeah Yeah. I think I think in Australia they're leaning more towards the um postgraduate pathway now than yeah sort of reducing the amount of universities that do undergraduate pathways yeah that's what I I seem to hear as well and uh, what what do you think about that I often have these conversations with the, the grad meds that I speak to like do you think you know, what do you think about the undergrad versus grad med thing? Although it's not a comparison, it's just like, you know, <clears throat> reflecting. Yeah, I mean, when I think about myself coming out of high school, I can't imagine doing medicine. And I guess like everybody's different. You have to take that into account, obviously, to be 
I would say, but um, I do think the postgraduate pathway just works better and I think it just makes more sense because like medicines, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to break down, not just academically, but also ethically, morally, and in terms of like your reason why. And I think that that's just so important, like to be able to understand your reason why throughout medical school and obviously afterwards. And I just don't think that coming out of high school, a lot of students really understand their why or they haven't really like founded that. And I, I, I guess as well, you, you need that life experience um, behind you to make yourself the best doctor. And obviously everyone will get there eventually. Um, but coming out of high school, you really don't have that much life experience. You, you really don't have a really strong sense of your morals. And um, I think that that's just really, really important to have um, in medical training. And I guess I'm biased as well because it's worked out really, really well for me. Um, I get the best of both worlds. And if anything should happen to my medical dreams or I just decide I don't want to do it, I have a good job to fall back on too. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying. And I did undergrads, but when I think back to myself when I was 17, I'm like, how did I even make that decision? So I definitely see where you're coming from. It's always very interesting to reflect on that. And um, I think you, you say as well, yeah, you know, the you might have the intellectual interest in medicine and you might have, you know, you think you have the ethical behind it, but it's also kind of like the emotional side of medicine. I think, you know, when you go on work experience, you don't realize, but actually as a doctor, you see patients that are like unwell and they're ill day to day and some people just find out that they don't like that like they love people they love helping people but seeing people that are unwell and potentially distressed every day at work is not for everyone Mm. yeah I think the the hardest thing is realizing that you can't always help everyone and like I'm on a palliative care rotation right now so all my patients we can't help we just I mean we're helping them in the sense that we're relieving pain and Um, towards the end of their life but you don't always cure everyone or send people off better than when they came in which I think is emotionally very difficult to deal with for I I guess if you're very mature there's very mature high school students coming out of high school nowadays I was not one of them I was I think I was still a little bit immature and, and, and idealistic about things and I just thought the world was wonderful and nothing bad happened so um yeah, I guess it's very individual for myself coming out of high school. I I don't think I would have been able to deal with those sort of intricacies of medicine um, in the most beneficial way for both myself and my professional development. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. And I, I find palliative medicine very interesting um, because I just find it such a way that, you know, you're not focusing on getting them better, but just making them feel you know, improve their symptoms and everything. And it's totally different focus to the usual, but I think it's so important because sometimes in as doctors, we focus on like finding out what's wrong or trying to fix it because we love fixing things. And sometimes we forget that, you know, asking the patient what they want and what they find most important, especially now that I'm working on a, you know, endocrinology slash oncology job. So I can see the patients and I'm like, it's really important for them as well to think about that. Yeah. Great. Um, and I was wondering while we're talking about different specialties, like do you, you have a specialty that you've kind of like found interesting so far or do you have something in mind? Uh, see, my biggest problem is that every time I go into a specialty, I like fall in love with it, <laughs> low key. Um, there's definitely specialties where I'm like, that's it's a lot easier to choose things you don't want to do than things that you do want to do. 
I feel like it's also like probably one of the biggest decisions of my life, um, which is quite stressful. Um, I think I've narrowed it down though to, I love orthopedic surgery. I'm not sure if that is going to be sustainable for me in the future though. And I've met a lot of jaded <laughs> orthopedic surgeons who just would tell me not to run the other direction kind of thing. I also like sports medicine too, but I haven't had a lot of experience in it. Um, I've got a rotation coming up at the end of the year, so I'll see how I feel once I do that. But I think, and I have fallen in love with pediatrics, surprisingly, which which is like super surprising to me because when I went into medical school, pediatrics wasn't even like on my radar at all. I thought I was going to go into like ONG because I loved women's health. And then when I had that rotation in third year, it just wasn't what I thought it was. And... I guess I thought I would probably be better off being a midwife than being an ONG. But I've got that rotation again this year, so watch this space. I'll see how I feel after this rotation. But yeah, I think pediatrics will be uh, probably my focus from here on out, um, which I guess like when I spoke to my friends and family about it too, they it made sense to them, which I think is a good sign as well. And my friend sent me a photo of my year 12 yearbook um, and apparently at that time of my life I decided in 10 years time I'm going to be a pediatrician which is absolutely crazy because I don't remember writing that at all oh, so yeah so I'm thinking pediatrics yeah oh very nice um and of course I, I got to ask that any interest in radiology with like the background of like radiography and scans and things or yeah. not really um naturally I love like I love when x-rays and CTs come up because it's like my, my safe space, it's my comfort zone. But look, radiology is attractive for lifestyle and the money, um, but I kind of moved away from radiography because I wanted that patient interaction and being more part of treating, and um, which I guess interventional radiology very much is treatment as well. But yeah, radiology is not really, it's, it's in my potential list. Um, but it's it's not very high up there. <laughs> yeah, that ma that makes sense. And yeah, pediatrics is a super nice specialty. Um, so that that also sounds great. Um, awesome. And I wanted to move on as well to chat about some other things that you do on the side. Actually, if you look at your Instagram bio, there's a lot of things on there, <laughs> on there like really exciting. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that as well? you've got to sell yourself on Instagram so it's not that exciting um but I think like as I said I'm interested in also in med sports med and that's just because like I'm very like I don't know I'm not very sporty I'm not like an athlete um I'd like to think so but um you know, I grew up dancing um I did ballet for like a very very long time and if I didn't go academically I would have probably tried to pursue like a professional ballet career so I love like my fitness And yeah, I feel like I, I'm addicted <laughs> to the gym in a sense. So I, I need it to make me, I guess, more sane throughout the day. Um, it has so many benefits. I'm not going to go on a rant there, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, if you go, if you exercise, you're just, you're going to feel so much better about yourself. Um, so I'm very much into my exercise. So during lockdown, um, I decided to become a Pilates <laughs> instructor because I had all this time on my hands. And so I, I sort of did that certificate. I haven't really taken it anywhere. It's 
I've used it more for myself and I guess now I can do my own Pilates classes but I guess friends and family I do a lot of classes with them just for fun um, just more relaxed as well I thought maybe when I go into intern year I might do Pilates training on the side but I don't know how how <laughs> realistic that's going to be um, I guess we'll see yeah but that's just really all I do outside of medicine and working um, as a radiographer is yeah my exercise and Pilates which I'm very passionate about <laughs> yeah that's great that's awesome and yeah I know a lot of people who do you know some instructor classes just as well to like get better themselves in their own practice so like either yoga or Pilates or or other things like um, um, personal trainer as well, just to like you know understand better the the sport that they're working in. Um, so it's super interesting. And did you just do Pilates a lot before when you really enjoyed it? So you thought, why not pursue the instructor training as well? Is that sort of what happened? Yeah. Well, like in ballet training, it's very much foundational to do Pilates or some form of Pilates in your training, um, just for conditioning. So I've always like had a really strong understanding of like how good Pilates, I feel like Pilates is so underestimated. So when I have like a new person like want to do a class with me, I make it very, very difficult because I want them to realize that it actually burns. Like, I don't know if you've done Pilates, anyone out there listening has done Pilates, but if you do it right and you activate the right muscles, you can really like achieve a lot. And it's, it's great because I feel like anyone, almost anyone can do it. It doesn't, especially mat work Pilates, it doesn't require you to be like physically the fittest person alive or even physically very capable because it's very small movements. Um, you're lying on your back or your side or on all fours most of the time. Um, so it's very like low impact on your joints, which we all love. And yeah, I just feel like it's very underestimated. So I love to just prove people wrong. Um, yeah, I can't, yeah, vouch for it enough. Yeah, definitely. I have uh, done some Pilates in the past and uh, it is really hard. But I guess what the good thing is, like you said, is that you can start at your own level and then build up. It's not like impossible from the start, which is great. Um, yeah, for also. sure. And how do you manage your time around, you know, the sports that you do and like you said you're working sometimes at the weekend and you must be quite busy with med school as well so how do you juggle all that yeah um it does get tiring and it is like I guess difficult but I've had three years of practice of balancing med school and a job and everything else um as well so I feel like I'm well practiced now I think if you asked me like three years ago when I was in first year I didn't have a very good balance and I probably would have thought that I did but I think as the years have gone I've really been able to build a better balance in that regard and I do feel like it everybody will have their own little personal journey in discovering what balance means to them I'm a big believer of just like listening to what your body is telling you so like I'm very much an early bird um and I can be up at like 5am and in the gym um but there are just some weeks where I just need to sleep and I just need to sleep in and I just skip the gym or I'll go in the afternoon or I just won't go to the gym that week. And I think it's just really important to understand like if you listen hard enough to your body, it will tell you like what you need in that moment for that day, for that week. So I guess and it just depends on like what your priorities are too. Some weeks are going to be busier than others in terms of coursework. And so just 
like understanding that your priorities are going to change and you can't always prioritize going to the gym for example and you can't be disappointed in yourself because you didn't make it to the gym five days that week you only made it once like that's still an achievement in itself so yeah I think it's just all about you know understanding what your body needs um being able to prioritize and obviously time management is just so important um it's very easy to waste an hour or two when it could be utilized a lot more efficiently and I, like I, as I said I'm very lucky with my job I really don't have to work that much at all in order to you know put food on the table kind of thing so I am very lucky in that regard that I'm really only working like once a fortnight, once a week maximum, which leaves me like a whole weekend to do coursework and just go out and enjoy myself. As I said, I'm here in Melbourne for my last year of uni, so I really just want to explore Melbourne, enjoy Melbourne. So um, I've been prioritising that as a part of my weekend routine rather than just sitting at home and studying. But yeah, I guess it's just like a journey throughout medical school that you have to figure it out. And obviously the first two years are a lot more intense in terms of forced work. So you're going to be spending a lot more time studying than you do in, in third and fourth year, in my opinion. And do you want to tell us as well about your Instagram page? Like when did you uh, create that and why did you want to let you know, start sharing about yourself on social media? Yeah, thank you. Uh, loading underscore Dr. Monica if you want to follow me. <laughs> um, I started it in first year. I, I I love social media. Like people hate it. I love it because I love to see what my friends are doing and I love to just like scroll back through my own things and be like, oh, I remember that or like. So I really wanted my Instagram to be like, I guess like a memoir of my experiences and just like a real honest. Um, I guess recording of, of what's happening at each moment in my medical school journey. I was close to deleting it a couple of times because I just thought oh, I'm not adding any value to anyone at all, like why am I even doing this? But I guess it's, yeah, I never initiated to change people's lives or like, I don't know, um, inspire others. But it's when you get like the message, like messages from complete strangers that just like, thank you so much for sharing your story, like it's made things just so much more achievable for them or um they just get inspired by something that you've said and I mean you're not going to make everyone happy I'm sure there's yeah a lot of critics out there who don't like my Instagram that's totally fine um but once you start to receive like you know connections with people and it becomes very rewarding in that regard I think like I don't come from a background myself that's privileged in any sense no one in my in my family went to university, um, nobody's in healthcare at all. So I did want to make it known that you, you can be from that background and still get in and still make it and like still achieve what you want to achieve. Like I never like applied for medicine thinking I'm going to be a doctor and this is going to happen for me because I didn't have that background. And, you know, a lot of people, medicine is very competitive getting into medicine is even more competitive so a lot of people just want to knock you down a few pegs so I wanted to use my Instagram to like lift people up and you know make people aware that I'm just a very regular person I've made into medicine if I can you can and you know we're all struggling in our own ways and great yeah thanks for sharing and yeah definitely I, I love what you share on your page yeah and I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from it so make sure to check out loading Dr. Monica on Instagram. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think we're nearing towards 
the end of the episode, so I'm just going to ask you some of the end of the episode questions that I like to ask everyone. First of all, do you have any like resources, so like books or podcasts or documentaries or anything else that you recommend to other people? It can be related to medicine or it can be related to Pilates or to anything you like, some fiction books, anything that you'd recommend to our listeners. Okay. Oh, um, I haven't read a lot of fiction books, so this is all going to be like medicine, <laughs> university related. Um, there's so many great like free websites. Calgary Guide is really good for like flowcharts, um, pathophys type things. Um, in Australia, we use ETG or therapeutic guidelines and the AMH or Australian Medical Handbook for like pharmacological type things, which is really useful. Um, what else is there? I feel like oh, Life in the Fast Lane is amazing too. If you guys have, if you've used that yourself, it's it's really good for like emergency um, medicine type things. Um, BMJ online, uh, best practice and examinate on on examination. I feel like they're really useful. I just started using QuizMed as well, which is like a little um, yeah multiple choice type thing, which is yeah good. Um, there are so many and I feel like I keep forgetting um probably they're my favorite ones I like Amboss too <laughs> oh, okay. um and up to date is is a good one I do want to say though in terms of movies Patch Adams my all-time favorite movie oh great and I think that yeah I think it just like speaks very loudly to what like all good doctors should aim for so Highly recommend Patch Adams if you haven't seen it. And it's got Robbie Williams and, like, who doesn't love him? Okay, awesome. I'll put all of these um, in the show notes afterwards so people can uh, find them. Um, great. And do you have, um, have you, you know, throughout your journey met any people that inspired you or is there anyone that you look up to around you? All the time. Um Obviously, my, my mum, I would say, <laughs> very cliche, but she inspires me a lot. You know, she was a single mother um, and she raised me and I've turned out okay. So I have a lot of love and respect for her and what she's done. But incredible people who've just, just been, but they just have, you know, even just being, you know, friendly and warm, or just having like a lot of knowledge and a lot of um, passion about what they do. And um, I think that's like, one of the most beautiful things about medicine is as a junior, especially being able to meet seniors or even just like other junior doctors who just have these qualities that you want to aspire to. Yeah. And I think that if you can find that in people, um, it makes your medical school journey like very special. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And um, another question I would ask you is the, the theme of the podcast is more than medical students. Uh, what, what does that mean to you and like what do you think about that yeah i think it's, that's a great name and I, I do commend you a lot on um you know starting this podcast and doing your, the incredible job that you're doing um to me it it very much means exactly what it says we are very much more than just medical students i feel like when you're not in medicine and you're trying to get there you look at medical students and you look at doctors and you put them on this pedestal and then once you're in medicine, you realize that you, we're all just the same. We all have our own flaws and strengths and weaknesses, and we all have our lives outside of medicine. And I think when you look on social media, particularly when you look at medical accounts, 
it just seems like it's very much hard work and there's no fun and there's no life outside of medicine and that's very much not the case and I think that's what I try to uh, like post about as well and, and show people my life outside of medicine too and that we all have like I like to think that we build um, medicine around our lives not our lives around medicine and you know you just like you only have one life and at the end of the day no one's going to care that you were a doctor they're going to care about like who you were as a person and all the amazing things you did as well as obviously being a doctor I, I heard someone a quote once that said like you could be an extraordinary doctor um, but you could be an average doctor and you know a, a fantastic you know wife husband mother um, father son daughter friend um, and that in itself is a lot more meaningful um, than being extraordinary doctor and, and letting those other things fall to the side so I think it's really important to understand that it's okay to have a life outside of medicine and not not have medicine as your life um, Oh, great. Thank you so much for um, explaining all that. That's actually really well put. So definitely agree with everything. Awesome. Uh, I think we've come to the end of the episode. Was there anything else that you wanted to add or share with everyone? No, I think we covered it very well. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're in medical school and you know you, you think you're not doing well, trust me, you are. Um, and if you're trying to get into medicine and you don't think you're going to get there, it's very much achievable, so just, yeah, just keep going at it. Great, oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me in this episode. I really appreciate it, and I think all the listeners will appreciate the episode as well. So I think everyone, if, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure to let us know. You can message us on Instagram and tell us what you liked in the episode and what you want to hear about next. Thank you so much, everyone, and see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.